Hey, this is Darren from the Superpowered Fancast, and this episode is brought to you by Montcast. Now, um, Montcast is uh, hosted by Scott Monteith, and it is a brand new podcast covering video game news and esports. And I am interested in both. I'm a huge, uh, a huge gamer. I'm not a good gamer, but I am a huge gamer in that I don't quit and I keep playing, even though I always lose. But I love video games. I love esports. It's it's probably one of the the fastest growing markets in in the world right now. I mean, with television and everything. But uh, Montcast is going to cover all that. It's going to cover video game news and esports. And it's a great, it's definitely a great show. So you should, you should definitely check it out. If you want to uh, listen to the latest episode right now, you can go to uh, twitchclub.com slash Montcast. There's going to be a link in our uh, episode description. So you definitely go ahead and click that. But um, give them a try. It's a, it's a great show. I've listened to the first two episodes and I found it incredibly informative, especially uh, as a, as a really bad gamer. <laughs> but a gamer nonetheless. So definitely um, uh, listen to uh, Montcast, uh, twitchclub.com slash Montcast. Uh, you will not regret it. Hey, welcome to uh, episode 42 of Superpowered Fancast. Uh, my name is Darren. So um, first of all, I want to thank everyone who's been uh, watching the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, if you go to YouTube and look for Superpowered Fancast, you can uh, find uh, find our feed and find, my, find these videos. I want to thank everyone who uh, listens to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and Google Play and anywhere you get your podcast. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, if you like the podcast, uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel or um, leave a review on iTunes. I, I definitely appreciate it. I definitely also appreciate the feedback. But um, first things first, let's just go ahead and get into the news of the week. We're going to talk about some movie news. We're going to talk about some, uh, some TV news. And then, uh, you know, then we're going to move on. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's, that has happened that is happening. But let's start off with, you know, with Black Panther. I mean, come on. It's uh, according to Box Office Mojo, Black Panther sitting at over $562 million domestically uh, last weekend with another uh, $41 million coming in. So that's the total. And then it opened in China to $66 million, which has brought in uh, $516 million um, internationally. So now you're looking at a, a billion dollar film like Black Panther is now sitting at over a billion dollars and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. It really doesn't look like the uh, the hype is going to uh, is going to ebb anytime soon because you got uh, this weekend, even though you got uh, Tomb Raider coming out, they're still projecting uh, Black Panther to to stay on top. And that would be, and what's really funny is last week, like one of the latest records that the film has broken, it's actually pretty significant. Like black Panther is now the first film in the Marvel cinematic universe to stay at number one at the box office in its fourth week of release. So now the film is now the second highest grossing superhero release of all time. 
and is now the seventh largest domestic release of all time. So it's hitting like top 10 numbers in a lot of in a lot of markets. And it's all de- it's you know, it's all based on how great this film is. So I'm I'm on board with it. I'm going to try and actually see it again this weekend along with Tomb Raider and just kind of, you know, support support all kinds of films that are coming out because I love geek stuff. And I love geek films and I'm on board for it. So we're going to I just want to see if it uh, if it hits that that fifth week at number one. We'll see how that goes. So the next thing I want to talk about is the trailer for Fantastic Beasts, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, that came out this week. Now, I absolutely loved that trailer. I love the fact that the first thing that they did was, you know, they did Hogwarts. I mean, you, you saw Hogwarts. They had a bunch of, uh, I don't know if they looked like oars, uh, like uh, teleporting into, uh, porting into, um, Hogwarts to speak with Dumbledore. I love Jude Law's Dumbledore. I love his style. Like he, uh, it just, uh, I literally want suits like that. I love the fact that he that um, there's more uh, immediacy to this plot. If you look at the if you look at the trailer, this um, I, I, I I'm fascinated to see where the story goes, but it looks really interesting. Everything that I've seen, so I'm. Again, completely on board for Fantastic Beasts of Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, I want to see the the story get bigger and progress, but I don't want it to lose the charm of uh, Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander. So that's uh, that's the thing I really want them to keep. Now, the next thing, which you know, has they people have talked about, it, has been a little bit of controversy around. I mean, a little bit. There has been controversy around, and I can kind of and I can understand it. I mean, as a uh, but at the same time, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I love John Favreau. So the fact that John Fav- John Favreau is going to write and produce a new live action Star Wars series for Disney streaming service, I am completely on board with this. I think it's an amazing idea. I absolutely love John Favreau as an actor. I love him as a writer. I love him as a director. So I mean, this is from a press release that got sent out uh, from uh, from Star Wars. I got sent out along with a story on StarWars.com. I mean, um, and according to Kathleen Kennedy, who is the president of Lucasfilm, she said, I couldn't be more excited about John coming on board to produce and write for the new direct-to-consumer platform. He brings the perfect mix of producing and writing talent uh, combined with the fluency in the Star Wars universe. So this series will allow John the chance to work with a diverse group of writers and directors and give Lucasfilm the opportunity to build a robust talent base. Now, the fact that they said it right there is is one of the things that is part of the controversy, but also, I think, in a way, kind of quashes it. Because one of the parts, one of the controversies is is that it's another uh, Caucasian male being brought in uh, to, to oversee something. And, you know, there are people who justifiably wanted to see a, a person of color or a woman uh, brought into the uh, brought into the Star Wars film or a, a woman of color uh, brought into the, the Star Wars fold to kind of run things. And I'm on board with that. I absolutely want to see that. I think that uh, I think John Favreau um, is great and I absolutely want to see what he's going to do with it. But I think that he's going to bring in that kind of talent. I think he's going to bring in diverse talent and that's kind of, and that's what I want to. And if that doesn't happen, then, you know, I'll be the first one saying, Hey, what the hell's going on? But at the same time, I want to give it a chance because 
I'm a fan of the man. I'm a fan of the man's work. I think he can do a great job. And he's also expressed his excitement. I mean, he's, he's literally talking about working with Lucasfilm. He said, uh, if you told me at 11 years old, I'd be getting to tell stories in the Star Wars universe. I wouldn't have believed you. I can't wait to embark upon this exciting adventure. So he released that in a statement because he's a fan. He's a fan just like the rest of us. So if a fan can get in, can get in the door and get behind the scenes and start making some things happen for us, I'm as fans, I'm on board. Now, what I really want to know is kind of what stories he's going to tell. Like, if anything, I want to you know, is he going to go uh, Old Republic? Is he going to go Expanded Universe? Is it going to be a time between? Is it going to be offshoots of, of stories? You know, that's that's the uh, that's the kind of the test of where uh, of where he's going. But, you know, I'm on board with with his vision. I want to see where it goes. So um, now I reported on the acquisition of the Valiant imprint by Sony and their plans to bring the characters to the big screen. Now, uh, this week, Deadline confirmed that process began, and uh, which means that, and also we got news that Vin Diesel has uh, joined has joined a Valiant imprint movie, and he will be playing Bloodshot. Now, uh, Dave Wilson's going to make his feature film debut with a project, and it's a script by Eric Heiser, who wrote Arrival, and it's produced by Tim Miller, who is the uh, director of the first Deadpool movie. So, uh, according to the article, the film is going to have like the same tone and action of like '90s, uh, not '90s, uh, '80s films like RoboCop and Total Recall. So that's um, it's an interesting premise. The only thing I'll say is, is that you know, outside of comic book circles, I don't know how many people know who Bloodshot is as a character. Now, I'm just going to give kind of give you like a, a some of the broad strokes. I mean, it's. He's a, his real name is, is Ray Garrison. He's a soldier. He's killed in action, brought back to life by uh, experimental technology by a group called Project Rising Spirit. Uh, he's injected with, with nanites uh, that heal him from any wound and also give him uh, superhuman strength, speed, agility, and endurance. And it, what's interesting in the comics is that it also gives him secondary powers like the ability to alter his uh, physical form and shape shift which makes him like a really good uh, spy and assassin. Now, he also kind of deals with like having his memory erased multiple times. And, you know, what happens when he actually regains his memory is part of the uh, part of the drama of the series. Now, again, if you don't know anything about the character, I don't know necessarily how hype you're going to be for the movie. But at the same time, it could be something that, you know, really, uh, something new and unusual, something that no one's seen before and could effectively be a really great film. Now, speaking of um, characters who didn't come from the big two and like DC and, and Marvel and, and found an audience just based on being good, um, Relatively Media and Sony are in gear with a new director uh, with Corin Hardy to direct a The Crow, uh, starring Jason Momoa, uh, who's going to be in uh, Aquaman. Now, the reboot of The Crow is being said to be a more faithful adaptation of James O'Barr's uh, 1989 classic story, and it's going to focus on uh, Eric Draven, uh, who's uh, murdered along with his fiance and brought back to life to avenge their deaths. Um, 
there's been a couple other casting announcements. I don't have them at this point. I probably will uh, write about them once I get more, once more casting news has uh, come out. But right now, I mean, the fact is you've got, uh, uh, the fact is you've got uh, Jason Momoa kind of uh, as the lead uh, is going to bring like a, a certain kind of hype to um, to it. Now, what's interesting is that one person who's not on board. Uh, with it is uh, Alex Proyas, who directed the original film uh, starring uh, Brandon Lee, who uh, tragically passed during the filming. Um, now, normally, if someone is uh, if, if someone is, is has been on board with the project before, they'll usually kind of kind of back off a little bit and they say, well, you know, it's not my vision, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. They'll be a little bit more dramatic, not dramatic, a little bit more uh, diplomatic. But Proyas has actually kind of made his feelings known about it. I mean, he he literally said, and I'm and I'm I'm quoting the man himself. He said, "The Crow would not be a movie worth remaking if it wasn't for Brandon Lee," which I completely agree. He he wrote this in a statement. He said, "If it wasn't for Brandon, you may never have even heard of this poignant little underground comic." Again, I agree. I remember it as a comic fan. I bought it as a comic fan. I read it as a comic fan. But there are a lot of people who discovered it after the movie came out. And he goes on to say that it is Brandon's movie, and I believe it is a special case where Hollywood should just let it remain a testament to a man's immense talent and ultimate sacrifice and not have others rewrite that story or add to it. So I know sequels were made and TV shows and what have you, but the notion of rebooting this story and the original character, a character Brandon gave life to at too high a cost, seems wrong to me. I mean that's uh, you know it's it's an honest assessment and I uh, I applaud him for act- for you know s- for s- saying it for just kind of being out there and saying what he and and saying the truth in his in his words but at the same time I love the story I'm excited to kind of see what they do with it I want to see how Jason Momoa brings the character to life I I still want to see it made and I'm willing to take the Brandon Lee aspect out of it and just kind of see it as the crow. Now it is our, I mean, it's going to be made cause it does have a release date. It's got a release date of October 11th, 2019. So getting into TV, <clears throat> getting into TV news uh, soon, but the last story I'm going to talk about in, in the movie news is about uh, Spike Lee. Now this is according to multiple reports. Um, Luke Cage creator and series creator and executive producer uh, Chio Hidori Coker has written a script for a movie based on a, a kind of a lesser known Spider-Man character named Nightwatch. And it's being reported that uh, Spike Lee is uh, going to be is in talks to direct the film version. Now, if you don't know anything about Nightwatch, I mean, he was first introduced in Web of Spider-Man in 1993 um, he's the Nightwatch's code name for Dr. Kevin Trench. Um, it, just the little slight backstory on him is that after witnessing a costume hero killed in a battle with terrorists, uh, Trench moves in, he removes a mask and sees that it's his future self. Um, when he finally reluctantly puts on the suit, it gives him superhuman strength, speed, agility, and the ability to become invisible as well as shapeshift. Now, 
Character-wise, he never really made much of an impact in the Marvel Universe, so I don't particularly know why they're going with a film version. The other thing is, like, just visually, he always kind of looked like... I'll be honest with you, he looked like Spawn. And Spawn came out at the same time. In fact, I think Spawn came out earlier. But he just... He looked like Spawn. He had that kind of exaggerated... 90s look to him and I think he just looked too much like Spawn and especially the fact that he was that you know he was a he was a black man he just it looked too much like Spawn for me to just kind of let you know for me to just kind of get on board with the character so I don't know maybe they'll revamp it maybe Spike will bring I mean I'm sure Spike will bring something new and different to the table (laughs) I mean if he if he gets on board with it it's just one of those characters where it's just a little just a little out of the gate, little esoteric. As somebody I wouldn't necessarily expect. So, you know, who knows? So, um, the last piece of movie news is now, this is according to an exclusive article in Deadline. Uh, Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key are going to return and going to work together again. Uh, so, this is Keegan Michael Key, and I'm, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting. Uh, Oscar winner. Jordan Peele, uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be working together in a in a stop motion animated feature from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and James the Giant Peach director Henry Selick. Uh, the movie is titled uh, Wendell and Wild. Now whether they, now what they're going to do is they're going to lend their voices to the lead characters and the characters being described as a pair of scheming demon brothers. Now this is going to be the first time the two of them have worked together since uh, since Keanu. In 2016, uh, you know, uh, Peele's successful and uh, critically acclaimed first film, Get Out. Um, Jordan Peele's currently working on a reboot of uh, The Twilight Zone, and Keegan Michael Key can next be seen in Shane Black's The Predator, as well as lending his voice to uh, Disney's live action adaptation of The Lion King. So, Getting into uh, TV news, um, Lost in Space. Uh, Netflix is bringing back Lost in Space. It's going to be a new uh, version of Lost in Space. Uh, everything I've seen, it just it looks really good, just uh, video-wise, the special effects, and the new uh, robot looks really intriguing. Like Everything about it just, just looks uh, amazing to me. And I'm a huge fan of the original. Like, I love, uh, and I'm, I'm talking the original, like, 60s uh, era TV show. Now it's it was before my time, but I caught it in reruns, and it was always one of my favorite shows. Now it stars uh, Toby Stevens from Black Sails as uh, John Robinson, um, Molly Parker from Deadwood and House of Cards as Maureen Robinson, and their kids uh, are uh, Taylor Russell uh, from Falling Skies uh, playing Judy. Um, uh, Freeheld's Mina Sunwall is going to be playing Penny, and uh, Sensate's uh, Max Jenkins is going to be playing Will Robinson. And the the robot looks like he's going to be an alien, so that's uh, that's that looks interesting to me as well. But one of the one of the biggest things that's interesting to me is that they've cast um, Parker Posey from uh, from The Mighty Wind is playing Doctor Smith, so. It's it's it, it looks interesting. Like if you go to superpoweredfancast.com 
and check out the trailer and you, and tell me what you think. Cause I, I think it looks really great. And again, I I'm on board. So the next thing in TV, and this is actually, uh, this is actually something I find really funny is, um, there's going to be, I've written about this before. There's going to be a Scooby-Doo, uh, episode of supernatural. And I know those two things don't sound like they go together, but the way, you know, the way they've, they've brought it together on CW, it, it looks really, it looks really interesting. So if you go to super, superpoweredfancast.com, you can actually see the, the, uh, trailer for the episode titled Scooby Natural. And what happens is, is that in this episode, you've got, uh, Sam played by Jared Padalecki and Dean played by Jensen Ackles, um, they find themselves in a new world during the course of an investigation. Like they get sucked into a classic episode of Scooby-Doo and where everything just gets a lot darker. So I'm, I'm definitely on, on board with this. I'm always been a little hit or miss with supernatural, but it's a, this episode's definitely one I'm going to check out just for nostalgia purposes. Now, one of the last things I want to talk about is um, a new podcast. And I, you know, as a person who does podcasts, I do podcasts because I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I love kind of having, I love putting my voice out there, but at the same time, I love listening to to new and creative ventures. And as a comic book fan and a podcast fan, this one just kind of hits on all cylinders. And it's Marvel's uh, Wolverine, The Long Night. Now, this is a anthology podcast that's actually in the form of a of a radio play. So you have multiple uh, actors in uh, playing the roles. You have um, you have background effects and things of that nature. It's it's like being in an immersive uh, play. Where, you know, again, where you, you basically, you're kind of, you're creating it in your own mind. And they've cast uh, Richard Armitage as the, uh, is playing Logan. And uh, if you don't know who he is, he was uh, Thorn Oakenshield in the Hobbit movies. Um, and it's really great. The first two episodes are available on Stitcher, but it is something, it is like a premium uh, series, so you will have to pay to uh, like uh, pay for Stitcher Premium or uh, Howl Premium in order to get the rest of the get the rest of the episodes. So um, that's it for me. Uh, I really again appreciate everyone who who watches the videos, who goes to the website. If you want to read stories about these stories. And see the videos and trailers. Uh, you can go to superpoweredfancast.com. That's where I have new content daily. That's where I put up uh, comic book reviews, movie reviews, television reviews, like any uh, news articles from the, from the geek world, from the world of comics and movies and television. I put all of that there. And uh, just go to superpowerfancast.com. You su- you can subscribe so you can get uh, news updates when I you know when they're posted. Um, but also you can find my find uh, other news art items and reviews on uh, Geeks Worldwide at the gww.com. You can always follow me on Twitter 
at superpowered fan. And, um, again, for superpowered fancast, once again, I really appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who watches on our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and look up superpowered fancast, you can find, uh, our, you can find our weekly video podcast or video cast, as well as our fancast comic forum, which is a weekly show where we talk about the news in the comic book industry, as well as reviews of the comics that came out that came out that week. So for Superpower Fancast, uh, this is Darren signing off. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!